Hey everyone, and welcome to Norganon Popped Off's Warcraft Lore Podcast. I'm your host, James Graham, and I'm joined by Mazriel and Warren. How are we feeling about today's topic? Yeah, I'm feeling great. It's uh, it's a little different for me. I actually get to learn a little bit more than than lecture like I usually do. So that's that'll be exciting. I don't actually, I'm not very well versed in the arcane lore. Yeah, there we go. Warren, how about you, buddy? Well, I mean, I I main an arcane mage, so I'm really really excited. But not to teach you guys, please, for the love of God. <laughs> like I'm still new. But um, yeah, like I, I really like uh, this side of the law. I love mages in general, like just the thematic around them. It's really cool to me. So yeah, I'm glad to be here and glad to be talking about it. Perfect. So as these fine gentlemen have alluded to, we are talking about the Council of the Six this week, um, the, the ruling body of the Kirin Tor. Um, that being said, though, for the uninitiated, uh, here at Norganon, every week we take a topic, faction, event, or uh, even person from World of Warcraft or the Warcraft universe as a whole and give you a rundown of it and then talk about the subject in excess more than the actual history. So we basically are going to have a discussion about the Council of the Six. Uh, I'll rhyme through the um, discussion points as we go through it after we get the normal rigmarole out of the way. Uh, but yeah, um, Maze, go ahead, man. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to tell your friends about the show. Make sure to leave a five-star review on whatever podcast podcast platform you'd like to find us on. Um, yeah, also, if any of you guys have suggestions for any topics for the show, please contact us. You can get us by tweeting at us at uh, popped underscored off or emailing us at contact at poppedoff.com. Tell your friends, kids. Perfect. There we go. All right, gentlemen, we're going to get into it, and this is going to be the nice little recap of the Council of the Six, uh, which is exclusively uh, a majocracy, so basically it's a ruling body that is only magic users. Um, It's changed a ton of times over basically the Warcraft universe as we know it. Um, We're introduced with Antonitis, um, who uh, we don't really know anything about the ruling body prior to him other than him himself. Antonitis uh, was basically introduced to us in Warcraft 3, um, super powerful mage, but was kind of at the end of his reign um, when we were introduced to him, kind of decaying in health and stuff like that. Um, after Antonitis, basically the events of Warcraft 3, which everybody knows was a giant gong show. Uh, Dalaran got destroyed by Archimonde, all that good stuff. Uh, and Antonitis died at the hands of uh, Arthas. Um, we got basically switched over to Ronin. Uh, Ronin was a character that wasn't originally in the Warcraft games. He was introduced via books. And uh, was more or less approached by the Kirin Tor to be the ruling body. Um, don't really know about who approached him. We just know he was approached by representatives. Um, eventually, Ronan, basically up until a sacrifice, ruled the uh, the Kirin Tor and promoted Jaina basically moments before the 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 blowing up of uh, Theramore. Um, this led it to change hands over to, to Jaina and more or less allied the Kirin Tor with the Alliance. We are going to get into that in a little bit. Um, for anybody who played Mop, uh, is probably familiar with the the purging of the Sun Reavers and all that good stuff. So we are going to get into the nitty gritties of that. Um, and then basically, once the Council had taken a vote in Legion to whether or not let the let the Sun Reavers and the Horde back into Dalaran, um, the Horde the the Council took a vote, which we then discover that it it doesn't have to be a unanimous decision to make uh, Council decisions. It's only a majority vote. Um, that once Kagar pitched the idea, Horde were allowed back in, and Janet basically said, I'm out of here, screw you guys, and then Kagar is now the current ruler, and for anybody who is familiar with Legion, knows Kagar is basically like this whimsical kind of goofball, but still very much like, he gets referred to Dadgar all the time, like, I mean, he is basically this very, like, dad-esque character, which is weird for a ruling body's primary member. This man has his hands in everything, but somehow still manages to lead the Kirin Tor as a whole. So, that being said, following the Council of the Six, uh, we're going to discuss the hierarchy, how it actually works, and, you know, do we actually agree with it? Uh, we're going to talk about the interactions with other lore members, um, so including, uh, basically, um, Medivh back in the day with Antonitis, uh, Ronan interacting with Crossus in the Dragonflight, uh, Jaina and pretty much everybody, and as well as Khadgar. We are going to exclude the fact that a lot of these characters do have player interactions because uh, despite the fact that us as a player is a lore character, um, 
I don't consider us a good lore character. We're basically just there, super overpowered, and we kill everything. So I'm not going to really get hung up on that. And then we're going to actually get into the point of the Sunreaver decision, which we talked about. And then are the Council of the Six even necessary? Is there a better way to do it? Um, that is going to be kind of discussed in the hierarchy part. But is this the best way to rule the Kirin Tor and the major orders that fall under them? Which, you guessed it, there's an abundance so, gentlemen, we're going to get into the hierarchy of how the council works. So, as I said before, it is a major crassy. Um, previously, nobody really knew the members. Everybody was, uh, like, you know, illusions, not represented of themselves. Um, and it was kind of, you know, a secret order that ruled the, the Kirin Tor. Of course, it's a city and an organization of mages. So, this kind of, like, it, to me, it seemed like a redundant thing. To try and keep everything in secret because mages are going to find shit out. That's just how it works. Um, and <laughs> not only that, but we learned as well that they don't need to be a majority vote. Or they don't need to be a unanimous vote. Only needs to be a majority. Are these mechanics you guys really see as things that were necessary with the uh, with the Council of the Six? Or do you think there was like a better way to do it? Uh, Warren, we'll start you off since you are the arcane mage of the group. Thanks for that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, like it's a it's a pretty interesting hierarchy. Um, it, to me, it's it's pretty um, basic, I guess I'd say. Like if you take a look at a lot of other fantasy um, like IPs, like Dragon Age and hell, even like uh, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, like all of them kind of allude to this hierarchy where it's like a pyramid form, I guess, where the really really powerful mages essentially like govern the top and make like all of the important decisions and then it kind of filters the way down to like the newer initiates um so i think it's like it makes sense um especially when being a mage is essentially all about like learning and stuff like that so you'd have these really powerful characters essentially having earned their place in a sense um so it makes sense that the people with the most experience and that became the most powerful would then kind of be in a leadership in a leadership position where they then make all of these choices. But like you said, that kind of makes it redundant that they try to keep it a secret because obviously like the six most powerful mages would be the leaders then. So I have no idea why they tried to do that. Um, maybe they tried to like, just keep it a secret in general for people like outside of Dalaran for the majority. Maybe that's why they made like the whole, walking in shadows and like no one knows who it is thing but yeah like you said they were definitely going to find out who it is um i don't i can't really think of another way to do it like the fact that they use a majority vote instead of unanimous um and just the sheer way that we kind of know that the people get picked um it just it makes sense like the strongest most knowledgeable people kind of get approached by the other people so if you're really strong you get recognized by the others and they just go like hey you want to join <laughs> um so yeah yeah that just it makes sense to me i can't really think of another way something like this would work whether mm -hmm. i think it is needed right now that's another point but whatever a whole for now <laughs> Maze, it's uh, up to you buddy <laughs> what do you think about the hierarchy yeah, so, well, not only do you see people are like, hey, do you want to join? I think we've also seen instances of where people can get groomed into a leadership position. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of what Antonidas was starting with Jaina uh, before the end of Warcraft 3, where he took her under his wing. Uh, she became his, his apprentice, uh, not only because she was gifted, but I'm sure a small part of that old man's mind was like, this woman is a direct line to the Kirin Tor and a large governing body of the Alliance of Lordaeron. So oh, that's uh, interesting to get into. Yeah. yeah. And they're, they're definitely aware of politics because like when it came to, uh, if I remember all the way back to Warcraft 3, so they're, they're talking, and if you remember the very first opening cutscene, I know I was really young and I didn't get it. I was just like, aha, shape-shifting bird. But uh, <laughs> they're talking about possibly shutting down pretty much doing what we're doing right now, quarantining uh, all of Lord Ron because of this virus or the plague that was starting to build up. And Antonidas was like, hey, it's the Keen's call. And so 
they're, they're definitely privy to the politics of the world around them and they, they do play roles even if sometimes that means stepping aside and I think that's really always interesting to look at and uh, I, I, I do think it's some like for me personally I think it's somewhat necessary as like they were the only way uh, they were one of the only ones that upheld the 2000 year alliance with the high elves because uh, I don't know how many people remember the Kirin tour was started from the original original alliance of Lordaeron between the Lordaeron humans and the high elves all the way back in the Arathi wars these were like the very beginnings where high elves taught humans magic they eventually grew into the Kirin tour and needed something that kind of existed outside of uh, the Keens and local politics, which were really wild back then, especially in the northern areas where, unlike Stormwind, it wasn't just one mega kingdom. There's about four or five, six different uh, city-states, if you will. Uh, they all existed outside and, and kept that power away from any one kingdom. They're like, look, we're, we are all walking nukes. None of y'all get us. <laughs> <laughs> which I think was kind of a smart way of looking at it as well. Do you think there's any other way they could have run it, though? Like, can you see this um, specific council still working in any other way? I I mean, it, it's hard to say. Um, my being an American says, nah, democracy. My being, <laughs> uh, my understanding of, like, Warcraft, like, politics, though, anytime... You have a hardcore, like one singular, like look at how, how it worked with the Horde. It's having one leader did not work well. Even uh, even back in Classic Alliance, uh, where I, I would say is when the Alliance was at its grayest, you had Onexia able to come in and pretty much screw with everyone. So uh, having a council like that kind of does, it, it does kind of help balance it out. As we saw most recently, of course, with Jaina and Khadgar. Jaina finally snapped and was like, you know what? Kind of tired of fighting for peace. Not having it anymore. And uh, after, what, like 10 years of getting bullied around, just trying to be the middleman, and uh, she got voted out of, like, her home, essentially, because of uh, because of the council making sure that the Sun Reavers, the Blood Elves, and everything, like, had representation. So it, it, it depends. Yeah, and, like, I mean, it, it is hard to kind of craft, like, a new idea. And, like, I mean, at the same time, like, we do have Warcraft-related um, situations where we're like, okay, there's one, like, you know, one premier mage at the kind of the top of all this, which I think which is kind of what we were introduced with Antonidas. Like, I think that's kind of how we all initially thought Antonidas was, was he was the dude, you know what I mean? And that was basically it. When, in fact, he was a part of the Council of the Six. He was just the leader, right? Um... I find it. I, I I think this is this might be the best way to do it, despite the fact they do have a leader. No individual member holds more sway than another, despite the fact they have an appointed person at the top. So to, to me, that position's almost redundant when they always work on the majority votes thing. But I guess it's kind of necessary. You do need somebody at the top. Um, but yeah, I I mean, like you said, like I mean, we've seen it go sideways multiple multiple times right so i mean like and it's only it's only safe to assume that it would probably repeat itself you know what i mean like we've we've seen the some of the count like the okay actually kind of kind of back it up a little bit i want to get into the council members i want to get into this because this is the thing that i start having issues with with the council because their screening process is absolutely dog shit it's, it's, yeah. It is. It's horrible. So we've had guys like Kel'Thuzad in there. We've had guys like Kael'thas in there. You know, like, we, like, it is not good. Like, it is, like, no, there's no screening process whatsoever. I swear. What do you mean? What do you, please, please don't hit on my boy Kael'thas. He was great. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> he might get redeemed. It's fine. But, like, for now, uh... Like... I mean, like, it, okay, so Kael'thas, I think there there might be a bit of, like, an argument for him, but Kael'thas, uh, there's, like, nothing. There's nothing at all, right? Like, dude got into me- necromancy really quick, and even guys like Vargoth, who is, like, a current member of the Kirin Tor, the guy is super sketchy. Like, the, you don't really know what's going on with him at all, you know what I mean? Like, and on top of that, they have a blue dragon, you know what I mean? Like, it's to me, it just seems like the parameters of the council get really, really muddied really, really fast. Yeah, it's not very well defined. Um, That might... So I think the reason... Like, the only logical conclusion I can draw from that, the only reason 
why they would have these people is one because they draw specifically from strong mages so they kind of disregard what your personal beliefs or like alliances are with um so as long as you can prove to everyone that you're like a really talented mage and you're very knowledgeable they'll take you into consideration which has its perks but allows people like healthy zard and like everyone else <laughs> to kind of like just show up out of nowhere um but i think having the majority vote um kind of barriers that a bit like obviously the thing with jaina is a bit different now but it's a good example to show kind of like how their politics work but at the same time if there's like four questionably you know like kind of dubious characters in the council of the six doesn't that mean it's a bad thing. <laughs> like there has to be some kind of guideline, I feel, but we might just not be privy to exactly what they think. But going off of what we've seen historically, yeah, they just, they don't have my full faith to be completely honest. And that's just it. Like, I mean, with that example there, like you get not even maybe like four, like, you know, essentially evil members, but guys who don't have the best moral compass or guys who are compromised, like Antonitis. Antonitis was you know, decaying because of his age. And that's, that's just it. He just wasn't as sharp as he used to be. Right. And that caused him to make poor decisions. Right. For like alongside, or even like, not even him specifically, but for him to pitch decisions to the council and then it to be ruled poorly. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of concern with how this, how, at least what we're presented to as players and people who appreciate the lore as like, is this really the best way to do things, right? Now, there might be stuff, again, we're not privy to, they haven't released in the war, whatever, right? But I feel like, yeah, there's, like, a degree of concern that this could be just straight up an evil organization at some point because of just who's the most powerful. I could see an argument for that. Um, I, I am curious to see, especially coming out of Shadowlands, if there's going to be any changes because we have added some significantly significantly powerful spellcasters since the last time the council was like really shooken up so that there's not a whole lot like right now in the current council i don't think there's a single high elf blood elf there, there's not a single elf on the council um and we've got three races that are all still very powerful spellcasters uh we do have calic and he kind of you crummy's almost always bouncing around anywhere that she, she kind of does whatever she wants to do but they they do listen to her if, if it mm -hmm. depends on how i can i guess that, that that's a whole new thing like how uh canon is chromie's adventures um so yeah i i think maybe they could deal with uh they, they could definitely do with a little bit better representation i would love a call out to some other spellcasters like some gnomes there's some fantastic gnome spellcasters dark irons are a little darker but you know they're, they're great spellcasters. Even even just ogres. There's a single ogre in the whole of Dalaran. So, so uh, yeah, the, and, like, and I mean, like, and they have historically been like a race that is capable of not being like you know just completely hostile, right? Like they are like some sects are a part of the horde, right? So yeah, you like this varied, very like fun, like narrowed approach to the council and representation. Like I mean, it's literally five humans and a dragon you know what i mean so i mean like it is nice that there is that that interaction with like the dragon flight and stuff like that where there are they you know most of them if not all of them are powerful like you know spellcasters in their own right um to outright absolutely ridiculous like nosmic dormu and you know and uh alexstrasza and stuff like that so it's nice to have like you know he's the former aspect but i mean he's still the aspect of the blue dragon flight right it's nice to have him on there but yeah we have no nightborn we have no gnomes we have no no blood elves, no high elves, which I think at this point is almost more believable. Um, I mean, like, uh, Aethalas had his chance to go back, and he was like, no, screw you guys. You guys almost had me killed. I'm like, I'm going to be here, but I'm going to be real defensive. You know what I mean? So it kind of makes you still think that the council's motives are still very... I Okay, Maybe not all of them, because Kagar is like is like the pristine neutral character. But like everybody else, like I mean, they're all they're all previous like aligned spellcasters, right? Like it's it's hard to it's hard to double down and not think that the Kieran Tor and Council of the Six are still like alliance leaning, right? 
Yeah, so I'm going to talk about that at the are they necessary part, because holy hell. <laughs> Jacob, go ahead. Sorry, yeah, it, it felt that way in Wrath and still really felt that way in Legion. If you're a Horde player going to Dalaran, you're like, great, this <laughs> is going to be an Alliance expansion. Like, the moment you see Dalaran, you're like, this is an Alliance expansion. Because I, I, 15 years, Alliance main, I, I know where when when there is and isn't biased on either side. And Wrath and Legion were both very much Alliance expansions. Uh, and it's pretty much wherever Dalaran pops up, you're like, yeah, okay, we're going to... We're going to be uh, another two or three years of Alliance May. <laughs> it's just Alliance stuff. Well, and that's just it too, right? Like, and then not only that, but we have, like, even in between there, we have BFA, which villainizes the Horde. We have Mop, which villainizes the Horde. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, it's so concerning that such a powerful ruling body and like i mean again like warren said they're walking nukes you know or it was it was one of the two of you that i i like i like the description of mages a lot um that you have an order of walking nukes that are alliance favoring you know what i mean with like this itty bitty representation of the guys that taught you it you know what i mean like it just it just seems to me like it's such a a weird way to kind of do the council so, that being said, though, I do want to move into its interaction with lore characters. We have touched on this a little bit with Chromie and stuff like that. But what do we think of, like, how the councils interacted? Do we think they've primarily stayed, like, their neutral course? Which they more or less have kind of declared outside of Jaina and outside of Warcraft 3. You know what I mean? Like, they did, they did more or less become a neutral faction after a while, right? Do we think that they kind of still have kept these very neutral motives interacting with both sides of the of the Horde and the Alliance? Or, you know, are their interactions somewhat concerning with how they've interacted with, like, various leadership and stuff like that? Yeah, so... I, I would say yes in the in the interactions that we saw with them. And, and the way I work... The reason I word it that way is when they're not around, you're like, where... What are you guys doing, right? It's kind of like the class halls. So, like, specifically BFA. We have this huge war. We have Teldressel happen. At what point would Dalaran go, hey, okay, okay, yeah, we're, I understand, like, we're neutral, but Azerite's obviously a nuclear power, and someone's obviously on a war path. Should we maybe just be like, no, and kind of be like a world police type deal? Um, it it would have been nice to have, like, even, like, and I, I'm a huge proponent of, like, I just want, like, more books and letters and stuff scattered around the world for me to click on and read a little further and just read a letter from Dalaran sitting next to Anduin or something and be like, yeah, we can't. We, we want to. Sorry, we can't. We are still dealing with X, Y, and Z or something. Like, we have no idea what they were doing during BFA. But from what we do see with them, it, it does look like they try to stay very neutral, like, with having Kalik there. It, it, it helps... For me, at least, it makes sense that it would help prevent a second Nexus war, which nobody would want to see again. Um, yeah, and that, that's kind of my take on it. From what we do see, it they do seem fairly neutral. Dadgar always seemed very neutral. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Warren, do you, do, you, do you agree that like they're almost like too neutral to a point? Because that's kind of the that's what I kind of want to pry into with it, with this discussion is like, do we think they're at the point where? They've just, they shouldn't like, be neutral anymore. Yeah, 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 more or less. Like, to be completely honest, yeah, like um, Jacob said, with everything we've seen of them, they're almost kind of like irrationally neutral. Like stuff that normal people would go like, okay, wait, we shouldn't really make these decisions. Um, even if it is like to stay to the core concept of, you know, being neutral or whatever. But when it's something like the fate of your planet, I feel like, yeah, neutral, but you also have to side with the side that's not trying to end everything, you know? Like, th there has to be a certain point where they're just like, okay, well, we have all this power. We have all of this knowledge and all of this influence. Are we actually really just going to sit here and not use it for anything to be, you know? I don't know. I just feel like a Teldrassil, the thing that they should have done was at least help defend it. Like, I'm completely with them standing and not going offensive and helping, like, the Alliance, for example, to, like, genocide the Horde, for example, um, because then 
what's stopping the horde from doing the same at the end of the day, like if they get enough influence. But it doesn't make sense for them not to get involved at all. Like a lot of the people, especially in the Council of Six, they were alliance like characters, you know? And like you can say that, okay, yeah, you, you become neutral after a certain point, but you still have all of those ties. If something is objectively the right thing to do, why would you still remain neutral on a subject? Um, so that that's where it's not clear to me. Because if they don't do that, then what's the point of having the council? Like, if they have all of these abilities and all of this, like, well, just influence and knowledge, and they don't end up using it for anything at all, then why have a council in the first place? Um, so the interactions that they've had with everyone have been neutral to a fault, in my opinion. Um, there was definitely a place where they should have been like, yeah, okay, we're stepping in here now. Um, because, I mean, like you said, the, they're the most powerful people essentially there. They're walking nukes, and it's an entire city of them. So do you honestly mean to tell me they can't just go in between the war and being like, you're both being childish right now, go and sit in your corner. And, like, like they could have done something to make the war have less of a bloody aftermath than it did. Yeah, and that's like, and that's an interesting point too. Like, I mean, and and, and Maze, you did bring this up. Basically, been calling them like, all, like they could have taken the role of almost world police, right? Where it's like, listen, like there's bigger things we need to deal with. Stop killing each other for a little bit, and let's like address that. Maybe that is, maybe that is almost like too straightforward for the Warcraft universe. And like, of course, it, it like when you implement something like that, it means everybody's working towards the end goal. And then, what's the point of factions at that point? You know what I mean? Which we kind of did see with Legion, um, but you know it, it, it seems so weird to go from Legion where you're like you know these guys have so much influence on both sides, and then BFA they just like totally remove themselves like entirely. Now that being said, like as we discussed at length, maybe they took a vote on neutrality. Maybe they took a vote being like you know what, this isn't a good idea. We we've still got some shit to deal with. But like you said, Maze, again, there's no indication that that happened. So it just leaves us with a bunch of question marks being like, why aren't we at least giving something that says, yes, Dalaran chose not to, in or it chose not to interact. The council decided this, you know what I mean? So it, it, it does seem so weird that like, like Warren brought up that they're neutral to a fault. Like that to me is bizarre. Yeah, they're definitely written as, uh, they're very, very resembling of, like, the real-world UN. Um, mm. So, like, if, if a country is committing atrocious war crimes, the UN just kind of tends to send a strongly worded letter going, please stop. But at least there's a letter then, <laughs> like... One thing I would like to see, on a much smaller scale, obviously, I really like how the Witcher universe interplays its magi with royalty and the different kingdoms by sending a representative a mage to each kingdom like hey we're just going to keep in touch obviously we have a strong connection to the kieran tour they've been pivotal pivotal in nearly every expansion in some way i i think rather than the kieran tour constantly sending cadgar out who has had a wild life we really need to have an episode <laughs> of just uh, about cadgar <laughs> just yeah. about cadgar um but instead of always sending him to the front lines of having a Dalaran representative in each in each like capital, like around each leader, like one goes to the dwarves, one goes to the humans. And yes, uh, we have two big factions, but that way we, we can see some interplay with them. We can see Dalaran going like, look, man, we're just trying to keep the peace. What can we do to limit the damage as much as, much as possible on both sides and kind of just see them try to. Try to be neutral, but in a less passive way. I, th I think, I think doing it like like The Witcher did would be all really interesting to see, and would still be like right on point, kind of like like I said in the beginning with Antonidas understanding the politics of the region and things like that. Mm. Yeah, because we really haven't seen a politician esque council slash leader since Antonidas, right? Like, I mean, they like I mean, I guess you could call Jaina more or less a politician, but she's like a warmonger or more than a, more than a politician, right? <laughs> Like, I now. think that's the best way to... <laughs> now, to, to be now, fair, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, I mean, that that's, that was all, that was a lot of it was her playing politics. Like, look, I'm trying to find the most, the least bloody path to peace as possible has been her character line up until, uh, the, the, the mana bomb. It, 
pretty yeah, much. Yeah, the man bomb, yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's just it, right? Like, I mean, she did. Like, I mean, she, it's it's it's. I don't know. To me, it's it, it's it's a very like. I like to like. I like to hire up on Jaina a lot, just because maybe I just have a like a bad taste in my mouth about BFA. But like, I mean, she really was always trying to establish with Thrall. Like, listen, man. Like, we got to try and like we got to work towards something, right? That was always the the the, the storyline with her, right? And then she did eventually snap with the with the Ther- with the Theramore thing, which who wouldn't you know what i mean like that's a very real explanation right but i guess as far as a uh, as a as a ruler for the council i almost see it weird that ronan and like i mean we haven't really talked about ronan too much because unfortunately we don't get too much interaction with him uh despite the fact that like i love ronan as a character i've always enjoyed him um that basically he didn't have the foresight to be like i'm promoting the person who just got their city blown up to be in charge of the most powerful mages in the world you know what i mean it it, it shocks me that they they kind of wrote that to be a thing it makes sense as far as like tragedy and stuff like that because you know it's ronan sacrificing himself for Jaina for you know because i mean Jaina could have done the same thing ronan did right like i mean they're both as far as magi go they're both equally as powerful i'd say i'd say even Jaina may have like even rivaled ronan um if not surpassed him but he did this for her because he wanted to save his family and stuff like that um, it, it just shocks me that they, they went from being this neutral body, like Ronin held throughout, throughout Wrath, um, to basically making it Alliance favored again. You know what I mean? I'm not against it being line favored because as we've said, it is a council full of humans plus a dragon. Um, it's just not surprising. It's just surprising that they like decided to pivot it in that way. You know what I mean? I don't like, I, I understand I went on a bit of a tangent there, but I hope, I hope you guys were able to keep drag. <laughs> yeah, and, but yeah. that's why I, I like the Witcher idea because uh, mm-hmm. you're yeah, not going to send a gnome mage to be with the Forsaken, like to try to convince the Forsaken of literally anything. Uh, Chromie gets away with it by being able to eat anybody. So uh, <laughs> I don't think anybody, any other gnome is really going to kind of do that. So yeah, it, it would kind of force a little bit more representation and, and f- force some more interesting storytelling, but. I also know that it's it's probably not something that would likely to ever happen outside of a book. It, it it does feel a little too deep for what we can expect from the video game aspect of WoW. Yeah, see, that's what that's what frustrates me about this whole thing. Like the actual idea of the Council of Six is really interesting, and like you said as well, like I feel like the Witcher does a really really good like job at presenting how it should be done. Like like this entire hierarchy, it's not something that's unique to WoW, so obviously it can work. It's just we we never get to see a really big glimpse into how the inner workings are. We don't know what the stance of the Council of Six really is. We know they stand for neutrality, but to what end? Like, what's the goal of having the Council in the first place? Is it just to protect the Kirintor to ensure its continuation? Like, because it's obviously not there to save the planet or, you know, like, help in dangerous situations. Because a lot of the time they just kind of nope out. I guess my my frustration with them is I'm just not very sure what the point is right now. Um, I think Antonidas had a very clear idea with what he wanted with it. It just it seems like they kind of just lost direction right now and they're not very sure what they want to be anymore. Yeah, and I think and that's just it. They've really lost their identity throughout the progression of the games and like. I don't want to call the council and the Kieran tour. Cause like, you can, unfortunately we, and the three of us talked about this before we did this episode. We're like, we have to make clear lines that the council is not the Kieran tour, despite the fact that it's the ruling body, but they do represent the Kieran tour, right? It's just, we're talking about this, the six specific characters, um, in its various iterations, but it may, it, it makes the question like, is this entire faction just a plot device at this point? You know what I mean? Like, just for, for basically the Warcraft universe to be like, oh, we want to do mages again. We're going to bring these guys back. You know what I mean? And, like, they more or less just forget about these all-powerful beings that, you know, just kind of sink, sink back into the shadow and do absolutely nothing and don't even give us anything to be like, this is why they're doing it. You know what I mean? We can't, you can't go from an entire, fa- like an entire expansion centered around them the entire time. And then being like, okay, you guys are going to go back to fighting each other on two islands and they're just going to chill. 
they're just gonna be super okay with this. You know what I mean? And then yeah. you guys, and then and then we go to Nylotha. Then we go to Nylotha, and you don't see a single goddamn council member anywhere. You know what I mean? Like it just it, that to me flabbergasts me that we have something so powerful yet so. I mean, this is the last question: Are they even necessary? You know what I mean? Like again, as someone who loves the lore, I also I, I think a lot of this is also just comes down to what blizzard is willing to show us but not 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 just show us but like what are they willing to write out so because mm-hmm. you could say the same thing for the fact that like and i think a lot of people even if they're not really into the lore if they just read some of the quest texts innately know this and that that's where a lot of these feelings of confusion and frustration kind of come from it's like okay are you guys horde or line spices because like well look look at what happened with bfa specifically like they, they wrote out an entire spaceship that's in orbit it it just it exists long enough for the light forge to, uh, for your allied race light forge to port to Stormwind, and that's it. That's uh, as far as it goes. <laughs> so I I think a lot of like our frustration with like where are these guys is that they're only really around when the Legion or when all of the scourge is about to rain terror down. So like if we get a if we have an invasion by the void, which we kind of should have had in eight point three, but like we can all, we can, I think we can all three agree, eight point three should have been an expansion in and of itself, yes. where we probably would have had a huge dollar ram presence. If we see an invasion by the light, we might see a, a larger dollar. Like I think they're going to be the more like, okay, this is what happens when we need to focus on the big stuff. Like I would love to see, even if it's kind of like, uh, do, do we all remember that dollar ram was like right outside Karazhan in the beginning of Legion? I don't know if you had started by then, Warren. Oh, I do remember that. Nope, yeah, it was just I a, yep. literally came in 8.3. So <laughs> I was at the way end. <laughs> so to me, it was literally an expansion on its own. So it, they actually took all of Dalaran and just put it in front of Kara. I'd love to see it there. And I, I'm i not going to spoil anything. I would love to see it there for uh, like the, the, the pre-patch event. See it, it right next to like Ice Crown. Like... I I get it. I get it with the fog of war. Yes, I could look down and see two Dalarans. I will head cannon that. I I would love to see it like by like have it moved or something. You know. Uh, Yeah, I think that's the one thing about being like really into the lore. People get so passionate because it is generally so well written and stuff. So seeing all of these like amazing things essentially boiled down to nothing more than like plot points, it kind of gets frustrating like the council is hugely interesting it's just it doesn't seem like blizzard wants to expend the amount of effort it would take to flesh out each one of the members individually and really like go into why they they vote on certain decisions or go into the politics side more so they kind of just handle them as a faction as a whole and kind of just do with them what they want but that that just it takes so much nuance away from everything that I just, I don't think that it's like worth it. Like why even have them at that point? If you're only going to be using them for, I kind of want to say like a blank canvas and just like throw all of the people that are in this entire like um, faction into like one giant bag and say, well, everyone thinks this way. Cause like they're individuals Every one of them, like mages are notorious for kind of always having their own, you know, plans kind of going as well. Like they're, they're a part of the city now and these six really powerful mages might be ruling over them, but everyone kind of has their own goals. I don't know. I just, I don't buy, I don't buy how they're kind of selling it up. They're setting it up to be like, I don't think an entire city full of mages will just listen to the six most powerful mages when they fundamentally disagree with a lot of things that some of them might propose. Like, Maze, you brought up how the representation for Blood Elves and stuff just isn't there, and I completely agree with you. Like, why would the Blood Elves go along with the people making the choices if they never really have a voice to begin with? You know, it's just, it, it doesn't fully make sense to me that they work because in real life it just it wouldn't it doesn't make sense that it just works out as perfectly as it does um we do see like obviously where they do disagree with each other and that's where the majority votes and stuff happen but even then like 
Blizzard kind of just makes things happen for the plot instead of, you know, what those characters would actually be doing in a human-like capacity. And I just, I think it's a huge missed opportunity. Well, like, and that's just it. We have the opportunity to flesh out basically four other characters, right? I mean, Kallak has gotten a ton of screen time, especially through Burning Crusade and stuff like that. And, I mean, Vargoth, to a degree, I'll say he got a bit. Um, and then Kagar, of course, who's been, like, the focal point of two expansions. But, so, and Seer and Runeweaver, who's the one of the council members who only is the only one with a last name, was the other guy that voted against the Horde. We don't know why Anseerin voted against the Horde. We are never privy to that information. But we know, like, I'm just, like, sitting here, I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's alliance-leading, right? Carlane, we know nothing about Carlane other than the fact he's got basically no control over his emotions in the past, and now he's level-headed. But we, like, you never really get to see that much on display, even with a Council of the Six... Dalaran focuses expansion. You don't get to see that. Modera, Modera blows my mind. So Modera is the longest current standing member of the Council of the Six. She gets little to no screen time. She shows up basically, like you know, makes fun of Kagar most of the time. She's more like comic relief for the comic relief. But this, she's been around forever, and they give her like they gave her no character. So like, what is the point of these members when all these decisions? I mean, I guess yes, you could say that race or a mat like you know magic basically transcends race and that's why people are just okay with the whatever the council votes that we all know that's not the reality by any by any stress of the imagination but like why not just make the council just kagar you know what i mean like that like that's basically what warcraft has kind of given us more or less yeah i, I think that would bring us into a and obviously a, a discussion that would far outlast this episode but <laughs> a more meta discussion in the fact that, like, cause I, for at least me personally, Blizzard is definitely guilty of they make really great scenes, like uh, Illidan blasting in Aru. Great mm -hmm. scene. Everything leading up to it makes no sense, and the fallout is, okay, well, we're going to take, essentially, our deity's pieces and empower our space lasers with it. Um, like, great scene, fallout terribly done, because... Uh, and you, you can definitely see, like, scene, 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 and then they tell the writers, make this happen, and I don't really care from there. We, we could definitely discuss that they do that, how they might be able to not do that as much, and also the limitations with them, because, of course, we're still talking about the lore of a video game, and they, they, they only have so much time to show us stuff, and how might they be able to, to represent a little bit more lore for those of us who really want to be able to dig into it uh, without wasting way too much dev time into it. Now, I, I think this, more than any of our previous episodes, really shines a light on how, how badly needed that could be for the game and for lore lovers all around. Oh, and that's just it, right? Like, I mean, I mean, I, I do agree that, you know, the scene, you know, the, the, the I am my scars, you know what I mean? Like, that is, you know, powerful and, but like, yeah, like nothing around that makes any goddamn sense, right? Like, I mean, besides, uh... Uh, oh my god, I'm gonna butcher his name, but I'm gonna try and say it. Uh, uh, Turloin, basically, Turlon. Like, I, I've never been able to say it properly. Turalyon, thank you. There we go. <laughs> so, the fact that Turalyon wants to take his head off, like, I totally, that, sure, makes sense, right? But then they, yeah, like you said, they just kind of mosey on away. So, like, this is, like, a prime opportunity that, like, I think, like, again, we've, I think we've said this every episode, and I'm gonna say it again now. Blizzard, make a series about each Council of the Six member. Do it. People will eat it up. I promise you, any mage player will love this shit, right? Yeah, like, holy hell. They can make a Netflix series if they want to. I don't care how you they could, do it, but please just yeah. flesh this shit out. Like, let these guys have a representation. And the final thing I want us to close on to is that we've seen this expansion after expansion, is that when they want to use the mages, they make another subsect of the Kirin Tor, of the Council, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, just just to list off a couple, we have the Violet Eye, we have the Kirin Tor Offensive, we have both the Sun Reavers and the Silver Covenant, and we have the Tiras Guard, not to be confused with the Guardians of Tiras Fall. We have, and then, like, you have all of these, all these factions that really don't mean jack shit outside of their specific little uh, time in the light, you know what I mean? Isle of Thunder, uh, the Mage Class Hall, uh, going to Karazhan once or twice, you know what I mean? Like, it, it to me, it just seems redundant. Just let the Kirin Tor show back up. Let the Council show up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is, do you guys think there's any real point to these these little sub-factions? Well, I mean, I think, like 
um, kind of like I've been saying, like, I think a lot of this comes down to how Blizzard deal with writing. Um, like they see them more as plot points instead of wanting to exert the effort into really thinking, okay, well, what would these characters that are a part of this faction actually react? Like, how would they logically do this and, like, start working from there? Instead, they think of, like, a story that they want to tell and they kind of jam already existing, uh, like, factions and stuff into that to see if they can make it work. And like you said, with the Kirin Tor, unfortunately, what happens then is they just keep making subsects and subsects and subsects. And that that's because, like I kind of said, like mages have a tendency to want to do their own thing. Like if you spend your entire life learning and just becoming stronger, like there's no way you're not going to be a little bit vain and want to kind of throw your hat in the ring as well and like have a say, you know? But instead of wanting to keep track of all these incredible characters, they're like, okay, well, here's the six leaders of them. They vote on things and like people just kind of go with it. Unless there's times where that kind of wouldn't work, but then we'll just make a subsect for it. And then we'll say these people decided to do this instead. And you can only do that so many times before it becomes redundant. Like, I mean, you listed a bunch of names. And like you said, they're so isolated and so niche that frankly, all of the stuff that they did was supposed to be a Council of the Sixth decision instead. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, Maze, do you you kind of agree along those that kind of line of thinking? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, especially when it comes to, like, because I know like one person you missed out was Drendon, who's been around for like ever. He was a member of the Council. Pretty pretty obvious like call out to Dresden, a very famous mage in pop culture and he, he he might as well like he could not exist and it, it would make like no difference to the story and there's a lot of mages and a lot I'm of sorry, subsections i didn't even know who that was yeah <laughs> because he doesn't there's like no screen time for him um was he like a mage or uh, a class hall follower at least like madera was that's the only reason i know about her they also did her like seriously dirty and that i feel like she should have been way more prevalent no he, nope. he showed up in one of the books yeah, that was his big thing. He does have some screen time in, uh, I think it was like one of the, um, like one of the flashbacks things. I think, like one of the like um, jumpbacks to, oh my god, where we go, um, like Battle of Hillsbrad, um, like the level seventy, like if you go down to like Lakeshire and stuff like that, you can see like members of the Scholar Crusade forming and stuff like that. Like I think he has an NPC about that. But the dude's got a server named after him, and he gets, like, like again, a mage player doesn't even know about this dude, right? And that's shocking to me, right? Like, sorry to sorry to totally derail you, Maze, but... <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there, there's... I would say more than, like, almost anything else, there's there's more loose ends with Dalaran and what's happening there, because that's... We're not even close to touching uh, the Guardians of Tearsful, which is a separate sect entirely it's nothing to do with the Kieran tour but they are their whole their histories are tightly wound yeah it's uh, there's a lot going on with mages that hasn't really been explored it's it's more of a okay we need a reason for we, we need a sanctuary city so i guess dollaran is just going to be it again yeah we'll just yeah. go back we'll, we'll reuse that <laughs> i i really hope like with shadowlands and everything because it's a, an expansion themed around death like that they they shouldn't come to the Shadowlands. They shouldn't be like overly invested. It shouldn't be another like mage expansion where Dadgar just shows up and like leads us all the way because he magically knows like everything. But I do want them to tell us what's happening with this entire city full with mages who love gaining knowledge. And we just happen to now have access to an entire different dimension. With, that they can basically learn from. I mean, a lot of mages dabble in necromancy and stuff like that. Like, th- there's no way that the entire city, uh, or even the Council of Six for that matter, like someone is going to want to investigate. And I really, really hope that Blizzard does it justice and at least like shows hints that there are people that are investigating parts of it or that they they show up in some capacity and just like, you know, you, 
I just, I don't want to forget about them again. Like, I mean, their absence in BFA was felt really, really hard. And I, just, I really don't want that again. If you want to feel even worse about their absence in BFA, uh, consider that at no point in time did anybody from Dalaran go, I'm sorry, wait, Sylvanas has Zala what? What? <laughs> it's so true, man. Like, Dear it's Lord. like nobody, nobody, it was not on nobody's radar, right? Like, and, and it's like, it, like this all powerful artifact. Like, it, it, again, it blows, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I know we can, we're, we're going, like, I know, I know exactly how this is going to go, and we can keep going down this rabbit hole of being like, why don't, why aren't mages in, like, everything? Because that's their nature. But we are kind of getting close to that hour mark. So, Maze, I'll let you start off, dude. We'll start off with the the closing ceremony. Yeah. Um, I, I will end the, the discussion with one last thing. All I want is a sad letter from Cadgar to the player character going, I thought we were friends. I thought we had a <laughs> relationship. You. And you had a blade that talked to you, leading you to do some pretty clear cultist stuff. Why, why couldn't you just bring it to me and ask me about it? <laughs> yeah, like, I thought why we didn't were you trusted. send me a WhatsApp? I thought we were friends. <laughs> and in that letter, I mean, obviously would say to, you know, make sure to tell all your friends about Norganon. Make sure to leave <laughs> us a review, a five-star review, and on whatever platform that you're listening to us on. Smooth. Oh, perfect. perfect. Go ahead, <laughs> While you boy. guys are doing that, uh, be sure to check us out at poppedoff.com and twitter.com slash poppedoff underscore. Just search poppedoff, okay? Tell your friends, tell your family members, just find us. You're on an adventure now. It's great. Yeah, you you were down the rabbit hole with the three of us. Yeah. So, yeah, like uh, like Warren said, it is, it's is popped underscore off just for clarity. You, like, you will find us pretty quick, though. Uh, but that does it all for this week, guys. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to us absolutely rip on the Council of the Six, some of the decision-making, some of their screening processes, all that good stuff. Uh, we will keep you posted with the, the topic of next week's, or next, next week's episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you all next time. <laughs>